one more time for all of our preschoolers. I'm going to have us do another round of applause for all of the volunteers that you saw up here corralling the children. (laughs) You know, you just got to see a glimpse into every Sunday that our volunteers have with those kiddos in the classroom. So if you have a kid in nursery, preschool, elementary, make sure you take some time to say thank you to the volunteers. They're always corralling the kids for us. They're awesome. But we're so glad that you guys are here with us. If we've not met before, my name is Lexi. I'm the family life pastor here. And today has just been an awesome day as a church getting to celebrate the family life ministry area of our church, which I have the privilege of getting to oversee We've gotten to have baby dedications. We had some of our elementary kiddos on worship. Did you guys enjoy getting to see our elementary kids? So fun. They've been practicing so hard for weeks. And then our preschoolers who were up here, we've been practicing with them in class, and they were ready for their moment on the big stage. So thank you guys for making them feel so loved. And then right after service, we're going to be heading over to the activity center. We have hot cocoa, we're going to have some, a little photo booth, we're going to have a snowstorm, we're going to have some inflatables and games for kids. So today for us really is an opportunity just to celebrate our kiddos and make it a really great Christmas experience for them. So thank you guys so much for being here. And I'm excited because this morning I have the opportunity to continue us on in our series, He is Called. And we've been walking through a passage in Isaiah 9-6. We'll read it together in just a moment. But I'm going to pray for us before we dive into the, the message. Does that sound good? Okay, let's pray together. Lord, we just thank you so much for this day. God, thank you that this is all about your son, Jesus. God, thank you that we get to be here in your presence, lifting up your name. Thank you for just the kiddos of our church. God, kids are such a blessing. Thank you that we got to celebrate them today. Lord, we ask that you would be with us in our time together this morning, that our hearts and our minds would be open to what you want to speak to us. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, as a church, we've been in a series called He is Called, and we've been walking through Isaiah 9-6 when it says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, we've talked about this a little bit, but Isaiah is a book of the Bible that was written about 700 years before Jesus was born. And this is a time in Israel's history where there was a lot of division, there was a lot of strife, there were threats of war, and the nation was vulnerable and wondering if God had forgotten about them. And if you were here last week, I love what Pastor John pointed out, that it's in this moment of hopelessness that God sends the prophet Isaiah with a powerful message of hope that there was a Messiah who was coming that would not only be the savior for Israel, but for all of mankind. Now, how many of you would say that's good news, that we have a savior that was coming to set us free, not only from our earthly problems, but a much bigger problem, our problem of sin. These past few weeks, we've talked about Jesus as son, 
as wonderful counselor, as mighty God. And today we're looking at Jesus as everlasting father. Now, this is an interesting statement about Jesus to unpack because I think sometimes we kind of breeze over this and assume that this this specific portion is talking about God the Father. But this was a messianic prophecy. This was a prophecy about Jesus. So Jesus here is called everlasting Father. So what does that mean for us in in our moments together for the rest of service? That's what we're going to unpack is what does it mean that Jesus is everlasting Father? And then beyond that, what does it mean for us that Jesus is our everlasting Father? So we're going to talk about that for a moment. What does it mean that Jesus is called everlasting Father? Now, I think there's an important starting point for us, and that is that as a church, we believe in the Trinity. In fact, if you were to read our statements of belief, it would say it this way, that we believe God is the creator and ruler of the universe. He has eternally existed in three distinct but equal beings, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we believe as a church in one God who exists in three persons. Now, I won't make you raise your hand, but if you hear that and you're like, wait, one God three persons. I don't know if I can really wrap my mind around that. I would just tell you you're in good company because I have yet to meet a person who says, you know what? I have everything about the supernatural character of God understood in my brain. It's kind of beyond what we can fully grasp and understand because God is supernatural. God is eternal, but we believe as a church, and we believe that this is so clear in scripture, that there is one God who exists eternally and distinctly in three persons. So I think that's important for us to realize because to simply interpret this passage in Isaiah as a reference to God the Father would really undermine the distinct role and nature of the person and the work of Jesus Christ. So what does it mean that Jesus is everlasting Father? What was Isaiah saying here? There's a couple things that we need to understand. First, Isaiah was speaking to the fatherly nature of Jesus. Isaiah was speaking to the fatherly nature of Jesus. You know, there are many commentaries, which a commentary is just kind of an in-depth study of scripture. There's many commentaries that really think that Isaiah didn't even necessarily have the Trinity in mind at all when he says the Messiah is, will be called the everlasting father, but rather that this statement was in regards to the Messiah's character towards us, to what the Messiah would be for us. You know, in ancient times, the people who were hearing this, they would understand this as the father of a nation. So the father of a nation was similar to the father of a family. It was one who would protect and provide for the people. So this child that would be born, the Messiah, was the one who would be a father to the nation of Israel and to all of humanity. We know that the Bible will talk about how Adam is a father to us all, the first man, that Adam was a father to us all. But through Adam's sin, there was sin brought into all of our lives. And we know that the Bible says that sin leads to destruction and death. So now there was a Messiah who would be coming, a father of a nation who would not bring death, but would bring life, would make a way where we could have life and no longer a path of death because of our sin. For those of you in this room who have kids, if I asked you, raise your hand if you would jump in front of a moving bus to save your child. I think every hand in this room would shoot up, I'll jump in front of the bus because there's a fierce love and protection that parents feel over their child. And when you think about Jesus 
and the love that he has for us, the sacrifice that he made for us on the cross, it's a beautiful picture of a fatherly love. Isaiah was highlighting and speaking to the fatherly nature of Jesus. Secondly, Isaiah was highlighting the divine and eternal nature of Jesus. Now, this word everlasting that's used here is so powerful because it reminds us that Jesus is divine and eternal. Jesus has always existed and he will forever be. I think that can confuse us sometimes because, well, he was born at Christmas. Jesus has eternally existed. He's always been and he will always be. In John 1, 1 through 2, it says, In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. I think sometimes we have the question, well, who is the word? And we find that answer just a little bit down in John 1, 14 through 15. It says, so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. It's speaking to Jesus here that Jesus has always been and he will always be. Isaiah was highlighting this divine and eternal nature of Jesus. And then finally, Isaiah was speaking to something really important for us to understand this morning. And that is that Jesus reveals the heart and nature of our heavenly father to us. Jesus is a revelation of the heart and the nature of God the father to us. There's a few passages I want to read. In John 10, 30, Jesus said, the Father and I are one. In John 14, 9 through 10, Jesus said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Jesus is the perfect image of God to us. He is the perfect representation of who God is to us. Jesus' birth, life, death, and resurrection makes the heart of the Father known to us. And in John 14, 6, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Isaiah was prophesying about a Messiah who would come and make a way for people to be in restored relationship with their heavenly father. So this gives us a little bit of a picture of what Isaiah was talking about, why he said that Jesus is our everlasting father. But now I want us to talk a little bit about the question of what does it mean for us that Jesus is our everlasting father? You know, throughout this entire series, we've been looking at this passage and we've been talking about these different names of Jesus. And if you've been following along on social media, we have an Advent series going. We also have it in our app now. You can find our Advent series. And every single day we're highlighting one of the names of Jesus in scripture. But I think it's important for us as a church to not just know what the Bible says. I'm sure there's a lot of us who could rattle off, oh yeah, Jesus is called this and this and this and this. But what would you say if you were asked, who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? Who is he in your own life? And so I want us to unpack that a little bit. What does it mean for us personally, for you and for me, that Jesus came as our everlasting father? And there's three things I want to highlight this morning. And the first one is that it means that we have a savior who loves us more than we could ever imagine. We have a savior who loves us more than we could ever imagine. You know, one of the most sacred earthly relationships that we can think of is a parent and a child. 
a parent and a child. And I talked a moment ago about this idea of fatherly love. Now, if you're here or you're online or in the chapel and you have a great relationship with your dad, this is probably really easy to grasp because you can think about the kind of love you received from your dad, the kind of care and tenderness and protection and provision. But I also know there's a lot of us here online in the chapel who might have broken relationships when it comes to that father relationship. And it might be harder for you to imagine what that could mean, that Jesus has a fatherly love for you. I want to read for us an excerpt by Pastor David Sunday. He wrote this for the Gospel Coalition, and he actually wrote this about this passage of Scripture specifically, that Jesus is everlasting father. It says, everything you've ever dreamed a father could be, everything you've ever wanted from your relationship with your earthly father, Jesus is and will be for you. Your Messiah will forever be perfectly father-like in the way he shepherds and leads you. In Jesus, you have a perfect father forever. Sadly, the word father doesn't always bring to mind someone who shepherds, affirms, and stays close. Instead, it connotes adjectives like distant, aloof, passive, absent, unreliable, selfish, uncaring, and cruel. Even among Christian families, far too many children experience emotional indifference and self-centered neglect from their dads, but not so from Jesus. Jesus, your everlasting father, came down at Christmas into a broken and sinful world to fill our hearts with heaven's love and to teach us how to love one another. He came to make sons and daughters out of his enemies. This is the father's gift to us at Christmas. You know, the love that Jesus, your everlasting father, has for you is so far beyond anything that you could even imagine, but you need to know that he loves you. In fact, in Ephesians 3, 18 through through 20, it says, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to fully understand. I love that. May you experience the love of Christ, but you actually won't be able to wrap your mind around it because that's how much he loves you. You know, I think of uh, bedtime when we're putting our little ones to bed and a lot of times me or my husband will say to our kids, we love you to the moon and back. Has anyone ever said something like that to your kiddos? I love you to the moon and back. And what you're trying to do is communicate to them Really, I love you so much more than you can even really understand at this age and stage of your life. And that's the love that Jesus has for us. I love you more than you can even understand. That Jesus stepped away from the throne of heaven and the fullness of its glory to come to a broken and sinful world. I don't know about you, but if I'm Jesus and I'm with the Father in all of the glory of heaven and then I'm looking down at this place... I don't know if I'm too excited to come down here. But Jesus left all of that to come to live a perfect life and then to go to the cross, not with his own sin, carrying our sin, to die the death that we should have died so that we would know you are loved, you are wanted. Your father was so desperate for a relationship for you that he sent his son. We need to understand that we are loved more than we could ever imagine. The second thing it means for us that Jesus is our everlasting father is in a world that is fickle and temporary, you have an everlasting father. 
You know, I think for me, this is one of the most timely truths about Jesus for our day. Because how many of you would say that our world changes a lot? How many of you would say our world changed a lot just the last couple of years? And I don't know about you, but sometimes life can feel like you're just caught in the waves and you're being thrown around. And it's in those moments that we have the good news to remember that we don't have to be whipped around by life because Jesus Christ is the rock. He's the one that's steadfast. He's the one that's always faithful. He's unchanging. He's immovable. That's who our everlasting father is. You know, we see in scripture, Jesus a couple different times refers to himself as the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And for Jesus to declare that he is the beginning is to say that he has always been and that he was before all things. And for him to say that he's the end means that he will be there at the end of all things. It's a declaration of his deity that he will forever be the king of kings and lord of lords. And when you look around at our world and you look around at governments and you look around at nations and it feels like everything is so unstable, we stand on the rock that our everlasting father is the king of kings and lord of lords forever and that never changes. That's the good news that we have this morning. And I want to make that even a little bit more personal for you. I just want you to hear this, that your relationship with him is not built on how perfect you are. Raise your hand if that's good news for you this morning. How many of you are like, yeah, I've actually already messed up like this morning. We were yelling at each other in the car. It was a whole thing getting to church. It's good news that our relationship with him is not built on how perfect we are. It's not how well we hit the mark every single time. It's not how faithful you remain Our faith is built on the one who is perfect, who is eternal, who is always faithful. In a world that is fickle and temporary, you have an everlasting father. And finally, this is good news for us. And it's a little bit of a repeat of what I just talked about, but I want to unpack this a bit. That Jesus is the revelation of the father's love for us that Jesus is the revelation of the Father's love for us. So we have this book that we'll read with our kids. It's the Jesus Storybook Bible. We give it to our families as they, as they dedicate babies. And all throughout the Jesus Storybook Bible, it will go through these stories in the Old Testament of when God gave opportunities for his people to get it right and to stop sinning and to turn away from their wicked ways and come back to him. And then they're like, yes, God, we've got it. And then something happens and they turn away from him again. And one of the things I love about this is that in every story, it will point to the fact, but just wait, because God was still working on a greater rescue mission when he was going to send the one who would rescue the world from their sin. Now, in our human minds, we kind of have this understanding of fool me once, okay, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you, you're cut off. How many of you are thankful that that's not how our father has acted towards us That time and time and time and time and time again, we got it wrong. But God still said, I'm going to send them my son that they might know how much I love them and how committed I am to have a relationship with them. In John 3, 16 through 17, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. You know, what we were deserving of was God's judgment. We deserve God's judgment, but instead he gave us his son. 
in our sin, in our hopelessness, in our dysfunction, God decided to send his own son for you and for me to be born fully God and fully man, to go to the cross, to be resurrected again, all because of his love for this world, for his children, for you and for me. And here's what I really hope. I hope that this season, as we look at the birth of Jesus, that we would see more than a sweet story of a baby. That we would see more than a sweet story of a baby. Really, that we would see the love of our heavenly father coming down to us so that we could know him personally and intimately. So that we could be in relationship with our heavenly father. What I hope is that this season in Christmas, as we're talking about Jesus, as we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, that when you look to Jesus, you would see a picture personified of how much your heavenly father loves you. In just a moment, we're going to have an opportunity to pray as we get ready to close service. But before we do that, I want to read this because I think this is a good way to sum up what we've talked about this morning, what it means for us that we have an everlasting father in Christ. The good news for all of us at Christmas is that in Christ, you are loved more than you could ever imagine. You have an everlasting father who laid down his life for you. And you have an open door for relationship with your heavenly father who sent his son for you. This open door, this opportunity is for all of us. Maybe you've never been in relationship with Jesus before and today you're gonna make a first time decision. Maybe you've been in relationship with Jesus before but life has happened and you've found yourself in a spot and life is kind of swirling and you're just thinking, you know what, Jesus, if that door's still open, I think I'd like to come back through that door. For all of us, maybe today you're in relationship with Jesus. You would call yourself a Christian. You're walking with him. But today you would just say, you know what, if I'm being honest, I think I need a fresh revelation of his love. I just need to be reminded that he loves me, that he's there for me, that he's really with me. I've been there in times in my life where I've said, Jesus, I know what the Bible says, but I need a personal reminder that you love me, that you're there for me. Maybe that's you this morning. And for all of us, as we pray, and I wrote this down in my notes, when you get a good gift, when you're a little kid and you open up a gift and your parents are darting eyes at you, what are they waiting for you to say? Thank you. They're waiting for you to say thank you. Or you have a party and your parents are like, you better send those thank you cards. I think that's kind of a dying thing in this generation. Us kids were like, the thank you cards, really? But when we get a good gift, there's something in us that says, we need to say thank you. And I think for all of us this morning, we have an opportunity to simply pause and say, God, thank you for the greatest Christmas gift we could have ever asked for. Thank you for the gift of your son that we could have never made our own way to relationship with you that you did the heavy lifting and you sent your son for us. It's not what we deserve, but in your love and in your grace, you sent Jesus for us. So here's what I'm gonna invite you to do all across this room is just simply close your eyes just to give privacy to the people around you as we get ready to pray and close out service. Maybe for you, you're here and again, you've never given your life to Jesus before or you have in the past, but you've kind of lost your way I hope this morning 
that you would hear this truth that the door is always open for you. That God is always ready with arms open saying, come back to me. I just want to be in relationship with you. You don't have to clean everything up and do X, Y, and Z before you come to me. Just come to me so we can be in relationship. In just a moment, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. But if that's you and you're saying, you know what, I'd like to dedicate my life to Jesus for the first time or rededicate my life to him today with no one looking around, I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand. If that's you here in service and you would say, I want to give my life to Jesus today, or I want to recommit my life to him. Yeah. You can put your hand down. I'm going to include you in a prayer that we're going to pray in just a moment. Now, for those of you that are here and you would say, you know, today, if I'm being honest, I could really use a fresh reminder of Jesus' love for me. I could use a fresh reminder of who he is in my life. I've gotten distracted. My eyes have been on other things. And today, I want to be included in that prayer that just says, Jesus, would, would you just remind us of your love today? Would you remind us that you're here for us? If that's you, go ahead and raise your hand. Yeah. You can put your hand down. We'll pray in just a moment. And for all of us, I would just ask you to open up your heart as we close out our prayer to just simply say, thank you, Jesus, that you came for us. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much that we have an opportunity today to be in your presence. We thank you that this season is all about Jesus. There's so many fun things we do to celebrate, and those things are incredible and so fun, but Lord, it's all about Jesus, and we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you that in you we have an everlasting Father. Jesus, thank you that you are our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace, not just now, but for eternity. We thank you for that. Jesus, right now we come alongside and pray for those who raise their hands here in the chapel online to give their life to Jesus for the first time or to rededicate their life. God, we pray along with them. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I wanna live for you. I thank you that you are my savior. Jesus, I lift up all of those who raise their hand saying that they need a fresh reminder of your love today. Jesus, right now, would they be overwhelmed by the warmth and care of your presence to just know that they are loved more than they could ever imagine by you? I pray that they would be reminded that in a world that's constantly changing and all over the place, they can stand firm on the rock of Jesus. And would we choose to do that this Christmas season? And Jesus, for all of us, we say thank you. Thank you that you left heaven in all of its glory, that you came to this earth fully God and fully man, that you lived the perfect life that none of us could live, that you went to the cross for us, not for your own sin, but for ours, that you died for us, That when you breathed your last breath, Lord, the separation that was between us and God was gone. That we're in restored relationship with God because of you. That we have that opportunity. And thank you, Jesus, that you are the risen Savior. Jesus, this Christmas season, would we not forget to slow down and just say thank you, Jesus. Would we not forget to make it all about you in our hearts and in our homes. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this time we got to be together this morning. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.
Amen. Well, at this time, we're going to get ready to be dismissed. I do want to invite you, if you have a prayer request or a prayer need of any kind, we have a connection card that's in the seat back right in front of you, or you can scan the QR code. We have a team that prays over these prayer requests every week. So please share a prayer need if you have one. You can also mark on that card if you're responding in any way. But at this point, I'm going to invite our prayer team to come forward. Even though we'll be dismissed, we have a team that's up here ready to pray for you. If you have any needs, please come forward and pray with us. But at this point, you're dismissed. We have our kids' party in the activity center if you want to pick up your kiddos and join us. And I hope I'll see all of you next weekend for our Christmas Eve services at 9, 30, and 11.